Welcome to the Red Sector, a podcast about speedy motorcycles. I'm Matt Polanski. With me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Wilson. Josh, how are you, buddy? I'm very good, thanks. Uh, good to be back for another week of, um, well, rambling about motorbikes. Mm-hmm. And it's it's we've been away because we, we were going to record last Sunday. And then as I was reading some articles, it dawned on me. Uh, we had about two weeks before the first season started, so we figured we'd, you know, put off a week and just record this week, and then next week the season starts. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, we noticed that, didn't we? It was <laughs> we thought if we did done a podcast this week after covering testing last week, there'd literally be nothing much to really go off unless we were talking about Moto Two or Moto Three, but we're not actually touching on that stuff at the moment so it would have been a pretty a pretty dry a dry episode so yeah because yeah. Yeah, i mean really the only news that came out of this past week was marquez getting on track at barcelona and that davi might test for aprilia yeah them were the only two bits of news and i think i think one we was all expecting um Marquez getting out tested. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, everyone kind of knew he's he's going to try and get in, try and you know get into the best shape he possibly can, head ready for the season. But that Davizioso kind of came out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting. Yeah, that, that was weird because I'm pretty sure he was. Is he supposed to be going to World Superbike? Um, I'm not sure. I've not been keeping up with what well, I thought he was taking the sabbatical and just having a year out just to. Do whatever David does, I guess. Um, cycle through the Italian countryside or whatever. Um, but no, he's doing a, a test ride. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he does yeah. get the job. Um, yeah, like you said, I don't think anyone was surprised to see the Marquez news. I was a little surprised to see it so soon, mm. mainly because he they had been saying during testing that like he's basically taking it day by day. He's not going to try pushing it. And then a, a few days later, you see he's going elbow down on a Honda at Barcelona. Now, from what I understand, that was not like his bike. That was pretty much a street bike Honda with a little, with a few mods, almost like a world yeah. bike. Bike. Yeah, I think it was, it was pretty much a world super bike just with um, Honda Repsol mm-hmm. a livery on it. Um, but I guess for for Marquez, it, you know, anything would have done. I think if they just even if they decided they'll look with all one two five years to take out, he would have taken that. Mm-hmm. You know, anything um, to get him out on track. It still remains to be seen if he'll be ready for um, Qatar. I don't think he will. Um, I, by the looks of it, I'd be. I well, I would be surprised because the first two rounds are at Qatar. So it's will he be able to race in Qatar at all, or will he just be, will he be able to race in Qatar too? Uh, I mean, that's we'll have to wait and see what the, you know the next coming weeks have to produce. But yeah, I think we will. I I, I think maybe round three at the very earliest for me um, for his return into an actual you know. A, Grand Prix, mm-hmm. but we'll have to wait and see. It, it definitely, 
I can't, I can't see you like you said, Qatar. I'm not seeing seeing Qatar being possible. Yeah, because like... all it takes is a is a bad is a bad off at Qatar, and that's him out for another season, maybe even out for good. Right, really. And I mean, this isn't his first injury, so it's it's become the. I I've just heard the rumors like. Will will the next one be the last one? Like, will he, after that one, will he be like, you know, I can't do this anymore? Yeah. Um. I, mean, well, I don't think he would. I think he would probably take the time off and just keep trying to come back. Um. I, he just seems hmm. to have that mentality. Like, I'm not going to give up on this. Oh no, he, I don't think he. He's never going to voluntarily kind of retire through injury. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless the the medical world said to him, "Look, if if this happens again, you won't be able to ride a bike again or walk again or something like right. that." Right. But he's not someone who would just think, "Oh no, this this is a bit too much. I'm gonna gonna call it quits." Right. Definitely not. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. I, yeah. All the memes were flying the days after. Yeah. You know, of. Uh, other teams fear, like smell it. Could hear them coming, and we're fearing already. So it'll be, uh, let, you know, all we can do is hope. Hope he can get back soon enough, and maybe challenge for a championship this season. I mean, well, that'd be. I mean, it, in all honesty, if he if he is champion by the end of the season, I will eat my hat. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would, and I can't. Say I'd put money on it, but. It, it would take a lot for me to say, yeah, he will be the champion. Yeah, I mean, I can't really see him. Even when, he, as soon as he gets the, the back on his bike, the first couple of Grand Prix, I can't see him being back in in form pre pre crash. No, maybe it's going to take a very long time before we see the the pre crash Marquez. Yeah, he. I those first couple Grand Prix, he'll probably be. Fighting for a tenth, yeah. Well, I, I'd, I'd probably say tenth or above, but I don't think he's going to be just dominating like he did before. No, not until we get a few weeks in to racing again. Mm. Yeah, I definitely. I think this is this is another for me personally. This is another write-off season for Marquez. I think we're looking at next year probably for him challenging. For a title, mm-hmm. um, I think. I'd, as well, going off testing, I'm thinking we're going to have a, a new world champion again. Yeah, and getting into testing, it yeah. the, the whole the well, I don't know if you want to call it five days or four point two days. Yeah, uh, it, it definitely it, it showed promise for the next season, but then again, didn't. Like there was a lot of question marks around certain teams and certain manufacturers. Um, mm. I talking to Prilia first of all. So, yeah, uh, Aprilia. The, again, you said um, Alex. He he managed first on the day of first day of mm-hmm. testing. Um, cost, consistent top ten finisher as well. Throughout the yep. days, um, again, it does. It it seems mm, pretty t- season testing and all that pinch of salt, but it does seem like the Aprilia's got something going for it this year. Yeah, it, 
Um, Being that it was one of the only bikes, it and the KTM were the only ones that were able to do engine upgrades. Um, mm. So I'm sure that played a huge, might play a huge part in it. Um, you know, they said that they completely redesigned the bike, that they tried to take inspiration from other constructors to, because like if you look at the back end, it kind of looks like a Ducati. Uh, the, yeah. th- the top end by the gas tank kind of looks like a Yamaha. So uh, it, it it's one of those things where it, it has potential. You just got to see how it does in the actual races. Definitely. Um, it we, we need to see how, it de- how the bike develops over the mm-hmm. season. Um, and if they're going to commit to actually developing it over the season as well. I think it will all hinge on the first few races for me, whether this bike is going to is gonna be a disappointment again or if it has actually turned a new leaf. Again, with the Dov Vizioso, mm-hmm. obviously Salvadori really he struggled in testing. Um, kind of down to a bad shoulder, but still, it's not looking good for him when you, you've got him struggling in testing and then you've got Davizio in talks for a, a, his own little test. Right. Um, I mean, who knows? Maybe we could be seeing that second seat switch. Yeah. A little bit of musical chairs going on. Yeah, that's something to think about with this, uh, with the news of Davi doing the Aproya test. Could, if he does perform well, could he be back in MotoGP with Aproya? Is that something he would want to do? Um, yeah. I'm... Yeah. It... It'd be interesting because I guess Willie stays a test rider, um, or if he sees a bit of a bit of life, a bit of potential in this Aprilia, Willie think you know what I'm I'm pretty sure I could get a podium or a win with this bike mm-hmm. this season or next season. So it, that is going to be quite an interesting storyline throughout this season, I think. If if it comes to pass. I mean, who knows? Maybe Davizioso could do three days of testing and think, "Nah, I'm not. I'm not even touching that. That's just. It's not. It's a non-starter." Yeah, and I mean, being a test rider, you, there's more you can do. Um, because I mean, like they showed with uh one of the big things was uh Stefan Bradl was he's yeah. technically a test rider. He's been able to ride that bike through the entire off season. And then mm. with Marquez not being able to come back yet, he was able to step right in and do testing in Qatar. And it was a big, like yeah. bit of contention. Like, well, how, why is he able to test there right now? Yeah. As a rider, when he's been doing this, like our, some of the other riders, they haven't touched a bike since they got off it. in at the end of last season, and mm. he's never really gotten off of one. Yeah. So I feel like yeah. if Davi does choose to be the appropriate test rider and just hold that, have that position, he could get more riding. He could help. Maybe that's something he wants to do is to help develop a bike instead of waiting for the bike, you know, having to be out there riding middle or back of the pack, waiting for upgrades. Mm. Yeah. It, it, we. Uh, We'll have to see on that one as it develops. I think um, 
because of course so, it was so out of the blue for a lot of us this Davizioso news it's hard to make too much of an assumption with it <laughs> um, I guess there was a lot of people calling that something would happen like this would happen but uh, for me anyway this is, I won't, like I was really thinking Davizioso was going to have nothing to do with MotoGP this year but that's MotoGP for yeah. you. It just throws surprises yep um another team full of surprises at testing was KTM because who knows what is happening. Uh, Like I said before, they're one of the teams that was able to develop the engine and there were reports that they did not run a single test this season or this, those, the four days with the new engine. Yeah. So that, That is a, a an interesting one. Um, again, it, they don't, I don't. I don't think they even got into the top fifteen during testing. No. Um, and apparently, according to uh, people inside, it, it's looking things look a lot worse on paper than they are in reality. Mm-hmm. Which um, I don't know what to take from that. Really. Um, well, and one of the it's... things about testing is not only are like it's not like they bring these bikes, you know, ready to go. Mm. They are swapping stuff in and out. There were days where you were seeing pictures from Qatar where half of a bike is black because they swapped out yeah. entire body panels yeah. and it, you know just to try. So they're they're trying different things every time they go out there each day and in the hopes that at the end of it, they'll have one product for the first racing guitar next week. So Mm. it's one of those things where, yeah, they might've looked bad in testing, but with all the data they collected, they could have. And with hopefully with the, with the new engine, they can have a bike worth fighting for pole position or, you know, for podium positions. Yeah, um, I mean, last season, KTM only got one rider in the top 15 or top 14. Uh, Brad Binder placed ninth in testing last year. So we we are kind of, mm, we're seeing something a bit similar, but not as not as good this year as last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we are being deceived again with testing not really being the final product. Um, but it is, does seem concerning because it seems to me that they've gone backwards. Whatever the, with a new engine or what, whatever they've changed fundamentally this this year for this season is not really is not working out at the moment. Um, and again, with with Oliveira on the on the bike as well, he's he's needing to get used to this bike. Um, and if he's not being given like an optimum chassis to work with you got to wonder how he's going to be performing in the season to come i mean the the one nice thing that ktm did have is they set the fastest time on day five because danilo petrucci yeah. was the only one who go out there and set a full lap yeah i mean for, for tech three that on the, on the last day that was <laughs> that was a, <laughs> that was what they needed really mm. um 
even if it wasn't kind of a true reflection. Uh, <laughs> the fact that they managed to get out there, Petru- or Petrucci managed to get out there and set a fastest lap after all the problems they've had, mm-hmm. it's definitely it's definitely like a, a bit of makeup on the face. It's, it was it was funny to see like videos and pictures of him flying down the track, like coming down that front straightaway guitar, and just poofs of sand flying yeah. off the track. What 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 makes it look cooler was that the KTM Tech Three looked. Mm-hmm. Like sand as well. Yeah, because it's orange now. <laughs> yeah, it was like the the sand had just took the form of a bike mm-hmm. for that weekend. It was pretty cool to see. Actually, it is probably one of the, the most aesthetically pleasing, and it's good for commentators and people watching mm-hmm. because you're not going to get that bike confused with anyone. No. But uh, um, moving on, um. <sighs> I'm trying to think what team to talk about would be good to talk about next. Um, I'm thinking uh, Ducati, the two new Ducati rookies on the um, on the uh, what we're calling now Sky Sky VR46. That's the one. Yeah, still getting confused, but I've got it. So Marini and Bastianini um, on the Ducatis, of course. Interesting to note is these are last year's Ducais. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are going to be the 2020 spec Ducais. Um, so that is, for a start, going to be interesting because that that's what I like about the, about like chassis that are a year old. They kind of already proven in a way, mm-hmm. or well, to a certain degree, some are proven, some are, some are proven to be pretty rubbish. But I like it when it's compared against the, the current Ducati, the current. The chassis, um, because sometimes the satellites can end up with the better bike, uh, depending on what happens. But I'm, you know, I've, I don't feel there was much to take from Marini and Bastianini. But I mean, it, it, they were they were both quick. They both seem to um, get a feel for the bikes quite well. Yeah, and I mean, with, so that's a positive. With that team, two new riders, uh, they're switching. To new bikes, uh, I don't think either one of them have ridden a Ducati before. Mm. And like you said, those bikes have pr- they proved themselves last season. Jack Miller was able to throw it, throw that Ducati onto a podium mm. many times last season. Uh, along, you know, Bangyaya wasn't able to put put it on the podium as many, but he did manage, I think, two podiums last season. Yeah. So that bike did prove. It can fight towards the top of the field if it's managed properly. Yeah, it can. I, again, because they are two new, two rookie riders uh, on a, a year old chassis, it's. I guess we could be forgiven to think that the they're, they're going to just be at the back. They, you know, they're going to be coming last in, in the races or near the back and then they're not really going to be there but I have a feeling that they could be in in some good midfield battles mm-hmm. at various points throughout the season. Uh, Bastianini looks like he's a duck to water on that Ducati as well. Um, but obviously Marini as well looks really good but it it is going to be... I'm not expecting too much again first seasons. It looks like, as we discussed before, Sky VR46, it looks like the take it They've taken a totally different approach, and they're they're not really expecting much this season. But again, for for Ducati as a team as a constructor, they are going to want to see them to 
pull the weight for the points. Mm-hmm. And sticking with Ducati, I mean, the Ducati factory team itself, I mean, that team just seemed to dominate almost every day of testing. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bagnaia and, uh, well, of course, Jack Miller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are, they seem to, they've got it right, it looks, this season, going into this season. It looks like it's, they're, they're poised, should we say, for a um, for a, a good championship battle. Um, Jack Miller's looking, looking scary on that, on that Ducati. Mm-hmm. Um, by the sound of it, they're, they're really fitting well together. They're, they're, it seems that there's not really much in the way of of kind of teething problems for both Jack Miller and that Ducati. Um, again, looks can be deceiving. We did we get as much running from all the teams as we wanted to over the, the course of the uh, five days? No, we didn't. But from what I've seen, uh, Jack Miller, I'd say, is probably my favorite champion. Yeah, I'd, I'd be right there with you. I mean, he was able to set the fastest time in all of testing mm. over the you know four days that they were able to that Ducati was able to run. I mean, he set the fastest overall time. So, it, as long as I feel like, as long as nothing outrageous happens, like I think it was uh, in France last year where he sucked up one of Quattararo's <laughs> yeah. uh, visor yeah, tear offs. Yeah. As long as I feel like, as long as something like that doesn't happen, Jack Miller will be fighting toward fighting for podiums almost every race. And I mean, it's, it's still up to see what, uh, Bagnaia can do. You know, he, yeah. last season he did have that leg injury. Mm. So that hindered him in certain aspects. Yeah. But, he's out for about half the season. I yeah. Think. He, he missed two races and then came back and was able to get on the podium. I yeah. think in like one of his first races back. I think Bagnai is going to be a dark horse. I think, rightly so, people are focused on Jack Miller. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of hype around him. But I do feel Bagnai is worth keeping an eye on, at least. Oh, yeah. Um, because he's going to win He's going to win at least one race this season. Um, depending on if that Ducat is really, really good, then probably two or three, I think. Um, but we shall have to see. Um, but, as well... Talking about Ducati, we're forgetting about Pramac Ducati. Um, yeah, I didn't see much from. Um, oh crap! Why can't I think of his name? Not Zarco. Ah, yeah. Um, or, is, it, is that Lacuona? Lacuona. No, uh, he's KTM Tech Three. Yeah. Isn't he? Why? Um, oh, I'm trying to find. Who's the other Pramac Ducati rider? Who we got? Oh. Pagnai, Jack Miller, uh, Petruc, um Mag- No. <laughs> oh, this, this is great. <laughs> we have totally hit a blank. Is there even a second rider? It feels like there isn't because I can't remember one. I think, um, I know there is. There definitely is, but I mean, for some reason, I can only think of Zarko. 
Um, hang on a minute. Hang on. We're getting it. We'll get it. We'll get this. Oh. Um, how can I not know it? It's going to be so obvious, isn't it? Why? How can I? I just Jorge Martin. Martin, that's the one. That's why. I yeah. and I kept wanting to say Miguel because <laughs> I, I was going to say M. I was going to say McPhee at one point. But yeah, Jorge Martin. Promotion. Uh, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was pretty funny. But uh, keep that in or not? But and that just shows like. You didn't see anything from him in testing. Zarko, you did. Well, Zarko was impressing on that promo. Mm-hmm. Really was. Um, I don't think anyone thought he would he would do that well on that. Um, again, the Pramac, to be fair though, the Pramac Ducatis are the current spec, the current chassis. Mm-hmm. So they are this, the same as the factory team. But I think Zarko, I wasn't expecting that much from him. And he's really, he's really impressed so far. He's really earning that seat. That you know, he's vindicating that even in testing, he's, he seems to be vindicating the decision of Ducati to elevate him to Pramac. Yeah, I mean, he, he's. I, I don't know if he thinks this is like his last, last ditch effort. Mm. Because I mean, he is getting up there in age. Yeah, he's uh, getting on now. So this could be one of those things like it, this is his last chance to really make a push for a championship or or just finishing on podiums. Yeah. So I could definitely see where he's taking this opportunity. He's going to ring it for everything it's worth. Oh yeah. Um what did what contract is he on? Is he on a um I'm a- not sure. One year rolling kind of contract, or is he a week? I'm not sure. I have no idea. I don't even know how contracts work in racing anymore. <laughs> they are so all over the place. Yeah, um, I'm not sure either. But either way, I think that he he has he does have the skill. We saw that last season, um, mm-hmm. and I think with. With the way that Ducati is shaping up, we're going to see him. I I think we could see him on the podium a couple of times. I dare say, really, a race win um, if the stars align for him. Mm-hmm. Because we know he's got he's got the speed and he's got the talent to be a race winner. Oh yeah. So, um, I, and if he's got a good Ducati, if he's riding a good Ducati, I I can see that happening. Yeah, I could definitely see a couple podiums, like you said. If if everything goes perfectly and he's able to just you know not get caught up in anything I could maybe one race I could see him getting a win Mm. yeah definitely maybe at the Czech Grand Prix he seems to like that track oh I I, don't want to be back there this season I want to yeah it'd be lovely to be back there obviously Mm -hmm. not going there anytime soon um, unfortunately I just want to see him do a long lap of the Czech Grand Prix, that's what I yeah. want to see him do, because that was beautiful. That was that was art. That was art. <laughs> that's a that's a replay you could watch over and over again, yeah, definitely, and just be mesmerized the whole I'm time. Still, I'm still thinking it was on rails. It was rigged. Yeah, he had a <laughs> magnet. Yeah, was definitely. Magnet. There was a magnet in his slider, and he just put <laughs> it through that white strip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
but, but yeah, I think moving on to um, who should we go to next? Oh, we got uh, y- Yamaha and oh, Honda. Yeah. Well, and Suzuki, but I think we'll leave them to last okay. since they were the champions. Yeah, the champions. But Honda, interestingly enough, starting with the um, LCR team with Takagami and um, Alex Marquez. Well, Alex Marquez, how many crashes does he want? Yeah. Is he going for the record number of crashes in testing? I feel like he is. And that's a, they were saying that that second turn, because turn two at Qatar is a like a, a V-shaped left-hander. Yeah. yeah. And they were saying that there were multiple bikes, especially that first and second day, that kept going off at that corner. Uh, one of the things about Qatar is it's not used that often. Yeah. It's like MotoGP is the biggest thing that comes to this track. It's not like other tracks like, you know, Barcelona or Silverstone where there's racing on those tracks all the time. Mm. So when they got there, the track was pretty dirty. There was debris on it. There, there was sand on it the first couple, like the first day. So they weren't like, it wasn't surprising to see people going off, but what was surprising was constantly seeing Mar- Alex Marquez's name going down. Yeah, I think I, I, it's hard to tell with Alex whether it's simply he's just not getting on, he just wasn't getting on with the bike, or if he was just pushing it too hard or too much. And I, I could almost see him trying to push too hard mm. because this bike. I think this is is similar to the bike he had last season. Yeah. It... So he would be familiar with the bike, but I could see him like trying to maybe push harder than he should. Yes, uh, I agree there. I think he he's probably a bit overconfident, maybe with the with the setup of the bike. I just think he he probably just he he thought he 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 had the the reins on it, so to speak. Um, when he really hasn't, and again, being that corner being quite notorious, it's probably not really a surprise he's he's gone down there. Um, mm-hmm. But I know his ankle's not in the best of shape now due to it. Well, it, and during testing, they showed him like there was pictures of him with his leg wrapped up, mm. and he was on crutches. But then, like just the other day, I saw a post on Twitter. He's on a mountain bike riding like through the mountains. Yeah. So whatever it was, he apparently healed up quick. Is he's back out there exercising and getting ready for the race next week? Yeah, I do. he must be. Um, hopefully, he'll be he'll be right as rain and fit, ready ready for the race. Um, mm-hmm. But again, from the Hondas, I, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to take from it, really. I think the Paul seems to be struggling um, with the bike. He's not, obviously he's not used to um, the Honda yet, so it.
You there? Yes, about like that. Um, no, you're good. I yeah. Uh, what was it? Yeah. So back. So Paul Paul Esparago, he seems to be struggling on that Honda at the moment. Um, I think again, it's with it being testing, it's it's going to be hard to know how he's done um, or how he's going to do in the race uh, because, of course, it's it's a totally different environment, but. I feel like it's it's going to take him a few races to get a bit of confidence on that bike. Uh, it's it's surprising because the KTM was basically modeled after the Honda whenever they made them. Um, so it, it's it's interesting to see him go back and forth. There were some days he was really strong on it, and then there were some days he just didn't have it at all. Mm. Yeah, uh, he's he he's got shoe big shoes to fill. Really, um, mm-hmm. again, we know Mark Marquez, like we discussed, he's not really going to be. I think we know he's not going to be on on form from race one. Um, right, and so it's down to Paul, really. I mean, if if they have Stefan Bradlin, if they have him as a second rider, which they probably will do as a standing rider. We we don't mm-hmm. we don't expect much from Stefan Bradle. Bradle obviously, but that's no disrespect to him. So it is on it is on Paul to really to to bring the results. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if he can handle it. Um, you know, he, I, I feel like his role with KTM, he kind of had a similar role because when he was on uh, Red Bull KTM. It was him and then Brad Bender, where Brad was coming in. He was a rookie, so it was a lot on pole to carry the team. So I, I feel he'll be up to it. Uh, w- would it last an entire season? I'm not sure. I think if you if if he had the pressure on his shoulders of carry the team the whole season, it, it might wear on him eventually. But hopefully, Mark can come back in a you know, as soon as possible and be able to like relieve some of that stress from them. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's another, it's another transition year in my opinion for, for Honda Repsol. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that they are, they've still got the main man, Mark Marquez to, to focus on that. That's what the focus in the team around. Um, the bike is really still focused on Mark Marquez. Um because why wouldn't you, I guess, um, if you've got someone who can, right. who can prove them to win championships year in, year out. And I think they're just going to wait. They're just going to wait it out to, for him to be back to 100% race-winning form. Um, obviously, they want a second rider who's, who's, who is solid and who can bring them race wins. Um, but I, I just feel that it's another year for Honda to kind of reassess and, and just kind of, uh, reorganize and wait for Mark Marquez to be back to 100%. So I'm not really expecting to see much from Honda this year. No, I, well, I wouldn't expect much from them early on. No. Once Mark comes back, you would hope that they would be tr- like not so much pushing for like constructor championships or team championships, stuff like that, but would at least be in the mix yeah. for, you know, 
top tens, top fives, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I think so as well. I think we're not going to see them adrift as as last as last season when they were really out of right. the sticks and really kind of clueless. Um, and yeah, hopeless. yeah, until those but, until those last couple races when yeah. Alex was able to get you know two get back to back second places. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be like mid season, I think, maybe a bit earlier. I would start seeing Honda mm-hmm. back in the mid pack, back in the midfield. Um, right. and I, I'm confident Paul will will kind of get you set a bike soon, soon sooner on in the season. Then, then I'm I'm well, I'm hoping that'll be the case. But I, I, I yeah, I, Honda again. Like I said, another season of, of rebuilding. There's not much more to say on them um, from point of view. Yeah, and I mean, Taka really didn't... I mean, he really didn't do much. I mean, he was out there, he was riding, but it it wasn't like he was setting fastest times or anything like that, so... Yeah, it was, it was definitely more of a, a development testing ride from Taka. Yeah, the- it, it definitely seemed like more of a welcome back, let's get back on the bike and try to get back in the swing of it and get ready for race one. Yeah. Instead of, instead of trying to like go out there and be like, all right, let's prove something here. Yeah. They, you could tell Taka wasn't out to prove anything during them five days. Cause you didn't really hear much, much about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Honda again, I think, we're looking at a steady, quiet season from Honda. I don't think we'll be we'll be seeing them hit the headlines much for all the, for any good reasons anyway. Right, but I mean one one team we might see headlines from could be uh, the Monster Yamaha team because mm. I'm I'm pretty sure that Quattar and Vinales set like the top like the fastest place in or. Uh, fastest lap in second and third overall for testing. Yeah, definitely. It it was it was an odd one with Yamaha because the first day or two of testing, the the they were quite lost with the bikes. I think Quattro mm-hmm. even said he was lost. He felt lost with that monster Yamaha. Um, and Rossi didn't seem to be to be um kind of warm into the Patronus bike, but. It seems in... that's what I was just about to say. Rossi with that Patronus, I mean, he was not happy with that bike at certain points. No, it wasn't all. Um, which is, uh, I'm really, I don't know if I'm surprised or not. Um, it's hard to know, but I think, I think due to the fact that you know, going into day four or day three and day four, things kind of came together. I think in the end, we any kind of concerns were dismissed by, well, people like myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it definitely seemed early on like I I don't know if they were trying to change different thing, change too many things at once, and it just wasn't working out or, or what the deal was. But it, just, it definitely seemed like day three and four was when they finally like dialed that bike in, and like I said, they were able to set the second and third fastest time overall for the whole testing. Mm. Yeah. It, I think it, it showed from Ross's confidence as the, as the 
the testing went on. He went from being not being very confident at all to actually, um, I do think Ross's confidence went on throughout the uh, throughout the the episode or well, the the episodes the days. Um, and I I do think you could tell he's gone from not really being confident at all with the bike to thinking he can actually get race wins again, which is mm-hmm. actually an absolute turnaround in four or five days. Yeah, it's. That was really surprising with how much he like came to the bike, like or warmed up to it, so to speak. Because like those first yeah. two days, like he, like there was reports he was really upset with that bike, and then to be able like those last couple of days to finally like be getting used to it and be able to set some decent lap times. It showed like. It showed his like his ability to adapt quickly. Yeah, definitely it shows he. But that's kind of what we expect from Rossi. <laughs> how experienced yep. he was, I think as well. He was he was actually really happy to be stepping back from the the kind of the the testing role and more just kind of getting on the bike and riding right. it. Right. I think which is what he's wanted for a while now. He's he's not really wanted to be in the development aspect of it he's just wanted to be in the let me just ride the bike and do my job mm-hmm. and that's uh, um it, it was... which is good because we all know that in the monster yamaha team it seemed rossi in particular was getting very frustrated with how the engineers were working right it's um, he, he definitely it, it definitely seemed like he was ready for a change um, you know, he to be out of the factory team, but be away from so much scrutiny with the manufacturer in Japan and stuff like that, and to go to Patronus, where it's apparently a lot more of like a laid back, and it's like you know not so uptight like it would be at the at a factory team. Yeah, I think that's ex- that's exactly what he's needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel if he, I have a feeling if he couldn't have liked that, um, he probably would have retired. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, but now he's in this quite kind of um, semi-serious team, which is again letting him just do what do his thing and actually listening to his feedback. You know, we we could see a, a, a Rossi reborn. Almost the second coming, not third. <laughs> I will say the one cool thing that came out of testing was able to see uh, there was videos of Rossi and uh, Luca doing like test launches together, and they were yeah. captioning it when you get to launch with your brother. Yeah, that's um, that's that that was good. That I liked seeing that. Um, it, it is good to see, um, you know, Rossi's half brother, um, him mon- mentoring, uh, Martin or is it? No, sorry, mm-hmm. Marini. Yeah, it's gonna be. Yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the next this season, just to see if how Marini comes on, um, because I'm sure I'm sure Rossi's gonna be mentoring him throughout the whole season, oh, yeah. even if they are on different bikes. Oh, um, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference. I mean, being that it's a, the team is Sky VR46, it's Rossi's team. 
even yeah. though they're on different teams, Rossi still has input in how that team, you know, does. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think he will. I, I don't think he'll have it like, like hands on dealing oh, with no. the team, but he will oh. definitely have input on that team and, you know, how his brother and uh, Bastianini do on that team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that project because I think it's only going to go from strength to strength. And again, looking a bit further into the future, when Rossi retires, uh, are we going to see him in the Sky VR 46 paddock as, as maybe the you know the team principal or in some kind of managerial role? Probably. I Rossi seems like one of those guys, What even once he retires, he'll always be around. Yeah, he's not just going to do a Casey Stoner and go for mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. But again, um, the only one we well, Vinales and Morbidelli again. They've, they've Vinales smashed it on. Was it day four? Yeah, yeah, day four. He he, he smashed the. He, he finished top of testing. He seems to be really confident on that Yamaha, mm-hmm. um, which is what he needs. And as long as he can get some consistency. He he could be a dark horse for the title. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it, like we said in the last episode, it, with Vinales and Quattrar, it's going to come down to can they adhere to the adversities that come at them on a race day. You know, are they yeah. going to be able to if it all of a sudden rains or if it, you know, if the temperature changes, are they going to be able to adapt? the right way to stay strong, to keep those bikes strong and to fight for podiums. Otherwise you're going to see stuff like you saw last season where, you know, they start strong at the beginning of the race. And then by the end of the race, they've lost eight positions. Yeah. Um, That's again, like you said, the thing with Yamaha is the, they seem to, as soon as a, there's a little bit of pressure or as soon as things don't start going the way during a race or during a season, it just all collapses. Mm-hmm. The car, they, you know, when, they, when, when everything's going smoothly, well, they're the, you know, the best bikes on track. Yep. Um, you know, they're, they're going to win the championship. The riders are just, are just untouchable. But as soon as they hit a bit of, of, a, of a rocky surface, so to speak, you know, a bump in the road, and that's it. It just seems to derail the whole thing. And hopefully, I'm hoping this going into this season, we we won't see that, and we'll actually see consistency from Yamaha. But Morbidelli as well. Um, again, a favourite for the title. I think he's got a hell of a shot. And interestingly, being on that kind of hybrid 2019 chassis. Um, um, we're going to see um, a bike that's different to the to the one Vinales and Quattro and Rossi are riding. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see if if, if Morbidelli is going to come out on top. And that's I'm really I'm really excited to see what Morbidelli can do because he was able with that same bike last season. He was able to really take it like he he finished second in the standings you know if yeah. if this season was 
another race. If last season was another race or two longer, he probably could have won the championship. I think, yeah, he, he probably could have. Um, and he suffered, uh, did he not suffer an engine failure in, in one of the Haratha races? I don't remember. I know he had engine problems at one race, but I can't remember which it was. But mm. even that, you know, could with the, even with those engine issues, because they had that whole issue where they changed valves yes, and all, yeah. they, they weren't allowed to have any more engines. And they, he, he was basically trying to baby those engines. Mm. But at the same time, he's babying an engine. He's winning. Yeah, it's quite scary to think about. So if they... If they have their st- the engines good this season, could they? Could he be, you know, battling for a championship? I think he, I think he could be. I think he's, he's to me, he is joint favorite with um, Miller at the moment. Mm-hmm. I would put Vinales in there, but only because of his consistency. Am I kind of keeping him just below? And I mean, to move on the next team, if if they're going to battle or if they're going to contend for that championship, they got to beat the current championship with Suzuki. Mm. And it's, uh, I mean, testing was kind of meh for Suzuki. Yeah. 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 It was. They, they, um, they weren't the worst, but they weren't near the top. But well, they went, they went championship winning quality. Right, but I mean, one of the big things, especially with last season, that could carry over the testing, they weren't good at qualifying. No. Like, the Suzuki's never qualified well. They would qualify in the top 10, but they they were nowhere near the pole. But those Suzuki's just had such good, like, second half of the race quality mm. that while... While other bikes are starting to fall off and are, don't have the pace, those Suzukis are just carving their way through the field at that point. They, they, I think with Suzuki, what we kind of um, a lot of people kind of overlooked last season is that the the bikes and the new Michelin tires seem to just go hand in hand, mm-hmm. and they had that little head start. They had that kind of as other teams are scratching their heads trying to figure out how to best build the bike around these new tires. Suzuki never had that them issues, so they could go the whole race without uh, excessive tire wear mm-hmm. or grip problems. And I don't know. Coming to this season, I feel like they they've lost that advantage a little bit. Yeah, I feel that's definitely gone away from them because at this point, every team has had has had those Michelin tires. Uh, they've figured out how to work with them. Uh, there won't be as big of an issue. You know, they're going to know when they go back to some of these tracks, you know, what tire to use instead of last season where it was like, well, we're not sure how this new tire is going to do. Should we use a soft or hard because if we use or soft or medium, because depending on which way you go, they, they, they didn't have enough data on those tires where at this point, every team has used that tire. They've used it in every condition. So it'll be interesting to see if Suzuki can, like, how they can adapt. Because, I mean, going off straight pace right now, I don't think they they have what it takes to fight for 
you know, for a championship again. Mm, I don't. And Joan Mir has already stated that he only feels about 70% ready for right. this season. Um, so that's a, again, that's another spanner in the Suzuki. If you've got your, you, you, you want to say main rider with no disrespect to Rins, but your main rider, only 70% ready. Right. He's not really, you can't really put that down to injury. I think that's just mentality and fitness. But which one's which? Which one's only 70%? Um, it's it's going to be interesting. I I can't see Suzuki, unfortunately. Again, there's a bit of a kind of closet Suzuki fan. I can't really see... I can't see him doing any wonders this year. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say that they're going to fall way off. They're going to do a Honda and really struggle to even, you know, fight for podiums. But I think I do. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to. I think it was a one-off last season. Yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it, it's a one-off. I do. I well, I guess. Yeah, because I don't think they're going to be challenging for a championship again this season. I I definitely see them being like top five, mm. especially Mir. I could see him being a top five rider, but I I just feel like every all the other teams have been able to make advancements to their bikes. Um, well, mainly Ducati and Yamaha. You know, yeah, K- KTM is still yet to be seen. And, you know, we're not sure how that Aprilia will do in, you know, throughout the season. But I just feel like every team has been able to make steps forward where Suzuki, it was kind of like, well, let's not touch anything. Yeah, this this won us a championship. Don't change anything. Let's see how we do. If it ain't broke, don't fix it approach. Right. Which I can commend, definitely. Um, But in the world of MotoGP... Yeah, if you can't stand standing still is going backwards. Yeah, if you're not stepping forward, you're stepping backwards at that point. Yeah, definitely. And I do feel that maybe Suzuki haven't done enough to try and go forwards. And that's you have to wonder if part of that comes down to Davide Brivio leaving. Mm. Because if he would have stayed on, would they have tried to develop the bike more? You know, would they have made steps forward or would he have done the same thing where it's like, well, let's let's not change too much? Mm, is it? I think that was a huge loss. And I think it, it probably will take him a season or two to, you know, figure out what is it he would have done if he was still there. Um, because I feel that, again, it, it seemed a bit of a quite a shock and sudden departure. As mm-hmm. if it wasn't the, that wasn't the plan, the long-term plan for him to obviously leave. So now they've got to kind of reassess. Um, but we, we'll see. I mean, we, we could be all be shocked. Maybe maybe the fact that they haven't done much of the bike in the long run is going to pay dividends. Maybe we'll see that in the Yamahas really struggle due to how much they've changed on the bike, on the bikes. I mean, that would be, that would be the ideal conditions is that they are able to fight you know for podiums and because it's uh, the only thing it's gonna do is make the season that more that much more interesting Mm. yeah it will definitely yeah and i can't wait for next week i cannot 
wait for next I, I am so like i i'm so excited for this upcoming season <laughs> so i have i've bought the i have my video pass subscription yep i even bought the timing pass subscription because wow. they're you two are separate you are committed. yeah i i am i am all in i'm ready for this season all for the podcast yes a <laughs> yeah, little bit my... for me mostly for the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got i've got my uh bt sport motor gp ready to go but as well as that obviously and... i've got about 20 20 fantasy teams on the go of all different combinations so at least one of them's gonna do well yeah that's <laughs> i i've got i've got my moto gp fantasy team ready i've got uh, I've got our grid rival team ready to yeah. go. Yeah. Oh, by um, the way, if anyone listening isn't in our grid rival team, then then head on over to grid rival. Uh, just type it in, and you'll you should see Red Sector MotoGP podcast. I doubt there's more than one. So uh, I would hope not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine they had more views than us as well. That'd be terrible. But um, no, yeah, just crack on and uh, have a look on there and. As well as that, uh, Twitter, if anyone's not following us on Twitter, we could do with mm-hmm. more followers on there. So if there's anyone listening who uses Twitter, just, again, Red Sector MotoGP podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, yeah. Give us a like and a review. Uh, five stars, <laughs> if you can. <laughs> I would hope. Well, I think if not five, we'll be five one day. We'll, we're getting there. It's only our second mm-hmm. podcast, so it's baby steps. I yep. think um, if we if we if our like kind of development is better than Aprilia, then we're doing all right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it was, yeah, uh, hopefully... it was it's been a good podcast, and I'm I'm looking forward to next Sunday, as we've said. Um, yeah. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm really excited. I've got all my stuff ready. I uh, I've been ch- setting timer like on MotoGP app. I've been going through making sure every timer is set so I know when practices <laughs> and qualifying and everything Some is ready to go. Some commitment. But I feel with that, we've had a pretty good show today. So Yeah, we've come to the end of uh, our little kind of test and review. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just made me even more excited now. So uh, we'll see everyone next week. All right, you guys have a good good week see you next week and i still don't have a sign off uh <laughs> I, I put out there and uh steve english who is one of the moto gp i think he's a commentator oh, yeah. uh he he did get back to me and uh he knew of no such phrase so i am still working on this <laughs> i think if we get there by the end of the season i'll be happy yeah, that's that's the goal. Get, come up with a catchphrase, a side-off phrase by the end of the season. Yes, that is the um. But I'm liking the Yamaha uh, sign-off at the moment, so I think that. Yeah, I feel like do... that's a good little touch. Yeah, definitely. So with that. <laughs>